0: This is a Clark University podcast. Welcome to Moments of Uncertainty, our three-part podcast series that explores how Clark University students, staff, and faculty have responded to uncertainty in the face of COVID-19. I'm your host, Kevin Wesley, the Executive Director of Alumni and Friends Engagement and the Clark Fund. Our guest today is Sarah Byrne, a member of the Clark Class of 2021, who majored in International Development and Social Change with a concentration in Peace Studies. Now, I'd like to give a little bit of context into our conversation with Sarah before we begin. Like many Clark students, Sarah had her 2019-2020 school year carefully mapped out, but she was forced to quickly adapt. Sarah planned to spend the entirety of her junior year studying abroad in Santiago, Chile. However, while she was in Chile in the fall, her program was suddenly canceled for the following semester due to massive political unrest in Santiago. Sarah finished her fall semester in Chile and then traveled around South America during winter break while she searched for a new program to join in the spring of 2020. Sarah was accepted to study in Argentina for the spring, and she had spent just 14 days in her new program when all study abroad students had to return home due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Sarah left Argentina and returned to her home in Minneapolis, Minnesota in March, 2020. And after an already tumultuous year, Sarah lived in Minneapolis throughout the protests that erupted after the murder of George Floyd. Today, I'll be speaking with Sarah about her moments of uncertainty during her unusual study abroad experience and what it was like to return home to another country that was experiencing political unrest like she'd seen in Chile. So, Sarah, you have mentioned to us that you studied away and were in Chile last fall. So tell us a little bit about what happened.
1: Yeah, so... While I was there, once, to me, a random Friday, there was a protest over the metro fare raise, which led to the government shutting down the metro during a commuter time on a Friday afternoon, which led to many thousands of people walking home. And then a night of looters, rioters, and I say that term without judgment for those people, and a lot of fires, a lot of damage to metro stations that would leave a lot of the metro unusable for weeks and months, and then months and months of continued unrest, continued protests, continued government repression violent government repression and yes it was incredibly powerful to watch to participate in to learn about yeah truly changed like my understanding of the world
0: and this happened in the fall of 2019
1: yes Mm -hmm.
0: and it continued throughout the remainder of your academic time
1: Yeah, it was like about halfway through the semester when the protest started in mid-October. And we never went back to classes after that. Life was never fully the same. You could never go to the center of Santiago without a risk factor of getting tear gassed.
0: So here you are studying abroad. This massive disruption to social life happens. And tell us how your time in Chile ended.
1: So my plan was to be in Chile for two semesters, like a full year. And at the very end of the program, we got an email that said the program was being canceled and I would have to find a new program or go back to Clark or take the semester off. And I didn't have a ticket home. I didn't. I was planning on traveling in South America, which I ended up doing And got my act together to get an Argentine visa in Ecuador and then to start a new program in Argentina, which um, started, I believe, February 29th. And so we only got two weeks in before everyone got sent home because of COVID.
0: Okay, so... Talk about the experience uh, a little bit in Argentina, where you were, and that moment of uncertainty that you again had to face just a couple of months later.
1: We were only two weeks into the program, so we're meeting all new people. Everyone is trying to adjust to a new city, a new country, a new way of life host families I'm emotionally exhausted from solo backpacking for three months like we're just really starting to adjust when my parents are on the phone like yeah there's a virus it's pretty bad but just remember to wash your hands so I was like yeah I'll wash my hands more and then Italy got shut down and then Europe got shut down and then Trump banned travel from Europe. So things are getting weird, but, you know, there's no cases in Argentina yet. The U.S. has significantly more cases, and so why would we go home? Yeah, on a Tuesday, my friend, my brand new friend of two weeks asked me, do you think we really could get sent home? And I said, absolutely not. And that Saturday, I was on a flight home on one of the last planes to the U.S. So change happened so drastically every single day. Um, everyone was wrong completely about what they said the day before. I had already spent like so long adapting every single day to something totally new that it was like obviously exhausting, but I think for other people, it was more traumatic.
0: So let's take you back to this summer and when you arrived back home in Minnesota and then were faced with an incredible moment of uncertainty that really has defined a lot of our social discourse over the past few months. So talk to me about what happened and, and how it affected you.
1: Yeah, so I'm from South Minneapolis, like, very proud of it. And in the morning, I saw a video of the innocent man being murdered, and I knew it was gonna be big. I knew that there would be a reaction, but I never would have thought of the reaction. Quickly you could see that this was something the city was going to react to and I was proud that the city could mobilize in that way. It it was clear that Minneapolis had the organizations in place to then be able to mobilize and support the community and like for example MPD 150 had already been doing incredible work and incredible sharing about how corrupt the Minneapolis police departments were and like then were able to like give a name and like an anger to what had happened and why it had happened and then what needed to happen from then on and so then like defunding the police and abolishing the police conversations like were really able to take place.
0: Sarah, take me to the point of uncertainty you felt on that day after, after a year of, quite frankly, harrowing experiences. What were you feeling on that morning after?
1: Just the... And I had this exact feeling, but different <laughs> in Chile, of... Like the institutions that are built to protect us are not protecting us, and for so long have never protected us. The governor of Minnesota and the mayor of Minneapolis and St. Paul are like liberal, woke. White people, so it was like this it, distrust that I was on a deep level that I had never experienced before, but probably a lot of people of color have experienced for a long, long time, and yeah, just frustration and distrust. And again, it wasn't distrust with the protesters; it was distrust in what the president was saying and who the National Guard was, what were they gonna be doing in our city? When were they touching down? And then it's COVID. So it's like, is everyone that's protesting right now putting their life directly on the line? And every every protester is wearing masks for sure. But at that point, we didn't know as much about masks and like how effective they were. And so after now we can see that the virus didn't increase after protests. But then we didn't know. So it really felt like every protester was putting their life, their like physical safety on the line to protest. And that was really powerful, but also really scary.
0: Okay, let's come back to your moments. (laughs) So you had this moment of extraordinary civil unrest. Then you had um, um, a shift to um, a brand new country a brand new school, a brand new culture. Um, And before you could even get started with that, you're on a plane home. You have academic uncertainty with an incredible disruption to your academic track. And now you're in quarantine at home. And a few months later, the Floyd murder upends your community. That's a lot of uncertainty, Sarah. As you reflect on that, what is it telling you about yourself
1: certainly i have been radicalized i don't know and i think that's a continuing process and also my priorities have changed i would say in chile i went to went to my first classes in at clark i learned what neoliberalism was i learned that it kind of sucks and it kind of hurts everyone involved. But that was the end of that conversation. But in Chile, like every single person can give you an accurate definition of neoliberalism, say, I don't want this, and then protest against it. And just to give a little bit of background, like the dictatorship is what brought neoliberalism and it's in the constitution from the dictatorship that waters privatized, the schooling system is incredibly disruptive to equality. There's so many structural aspects that are detrimental to the Chilean public. And so they are able to like come together and say, this is not okay with me. Whereas coming from the U.S., that protest background That would never cross my mind. I'd be like, okay, I guess I'm going to call my senator and vote. And that's the main form of civil disobedience, I guess, or obedience. Yeah. And then to see that again in Minneapolis, where a group of people are coming together and saying, this is not the future I want. This is not the past I want. This isn't the structure I want. And the system I want is incredibly powerful. And I already knew I wanted to live abroad. I already had a global mindset. I already was studying international development, but my perspective and like my scale has shifted so much. Nothing ever happens. No- nothing ever happens in a vacuum. And like what happened in Chile was incredibly powerful, yet didn't make the US news at all. And so just to like always have that global mindset is really important to me. And what's happening in my small world, my GPA, my academic goals, even though I am very excited to do fifth year, (laughs) um, is not my main priority anymore, or like entering into a career force or engaging with capitalism in certain ways is not the same goals that I had before. And I think that can also be true for a lot of people living through COVID and people living through the protests following Floyd's murder.
0: Was there ever a point where you said, Hey world enough?
1: (laughs) So many times, so many times. I don't know. I I used to be really exhausted about it, like when at the end of my semester in Chile and like getting a visa, I was like, this is exhausting. I'm tired. I just want to live a normal life. But yeah, I'm like, okay, not doing that. And then I think with the pandemic, no one's living a normal life. Like even though this semester is the most stable I've been for a long time, no one's stable because we're in a pandemic. I think everyone's normal has changed and my normal changed just like a few, six months before everyone else's did.
0: Right. In some ways you were ahead of the curve in having to kind of deal with all of this. (laughs) whatever the this might be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sarah, I'm just so grateful that you have shared this journey of moments of uncertainty with us. And I want to wish you all the best of luck with with the continuation of your study at Clark. I'm so glad that you're going to uh, be on campus um, for another year, and now I need to end with the question that we ask everyone on this podcast, and that is, "What does being a Clarkie mean to you?"
1: Well, it was interesting for me that I left Clark for a full year, and then coming back, like I think my definition is different. Like I definitely went to the school in part because of the social justice focus. This student body has. But I think I have a new understanding of what that means and where Clark is successful or not successful in that. Yeah, but I think all Clarkies want to make the world a little bit better and want to understand the world in a way that they can do that. And I really appreciate that.
0: Sarah, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of Moments of Uncertainty. Although Sarah's study abroad journey was far from what she expected, it was all worth it for the time she got to spend exploring South America, and she came back home with the knowledge of how to be an independent, self-sufficient traveler. I also want to thank two key members of our production team, Cindy Ironson, who on many things in our work is my partner in crime in the alumni office, and Ashling Lynch, who is a member of the Clark class of 2021, who acted as the producer, copywriter, and editor for this series. We hope that you will share with us your own moments of uncertainty at Clark Alumni on Instagram or by emailing us at alumni Next time, I'll be interviewing David Hibbett, a Clark biology professor, about the challenges he encountered while teaching at Clark during the pandemic and the impact it's had on both his career and his personal life. Thanks for listening. Engage with other Clark alumni, learn about upcoming events and volunteer opportunities at clarku.edu backslash alumni. One, two, three. Clark! <laughs>